0: Amen. Well, this morning I am preaching into a magnificent topic of prayer. And uh, out of all the things that we could do with our time in life, there is little doubt in my mind that prayer is absolutely one of the most valuable and critical things we could do with this precious thing called our time. It is an absolute game changer for our lives, an imperative for us to walk an intimate life with Christ. But often we can find ourselves not doing it as much as maybe either we would like, or maybe not doing it as much as we actually should. But prayer is absolutely so critical, and it is so powerful. And the enemy hates us praying. (laughs) He hates it. He will actually try to stop it happening in our lives. I tell you what, he, if he can silence us, he can achieve more of his plans and we don't want that and God doesn't want that. He doesn't want it. He wants us to be people of prayer. And there are things that do just get in the way and I'm included Tiredness, busyness, distractions, prior disappointments, unanswered prayers. There can be all sorts of things that end up being a bit of a barrier in our lives for us to leaning into prayer like I believe God would want us to do it. But if there are obstacles, we have to work out how individually we push them aside so that we can come before our God, we can lift our voice, We can press in. It needs to be a vital, central part of our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In there, pray without ceasing. There's this encouragement just continually pray and pray and pray to have it such an important consistent part of your life that you are a prayer we need to be men and women and youth and children who pray to our God because it makes a difference and it does so much so I'm going to touch on a number of areas you could preach prayer for an entire year in a church, there's so much about it, but I'm looking into four areas here this morning. Number one, prayer builds our relationship with God. Number one, two, prayer changes us. Number three, prayer changes the circumstances around us. And number four, prayer will expand His kingdom. So as we start off here this morning, prayer builds our relationship with God. First, I think we've got to be really clear in our mind and our heart, really, about who God is, because this helps us greatly how we approach Him. So many people in other religions are trying to connect with a dead God. Our God is alive. Our God is alive. The prophet Jeremiah proclaimed, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God. And the everlasting king. (laughs) He is the true God. He is the living God. He is the everlasting king. I love that. He knew it. He's a living God. Even young David, taking on Goliath, knew about this powerful truth. And David said to the men who stood by him, this is in 1 Samuel 17, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? For he should defy the armies of the living God. David was young at this time. He knew that he knew this deep, wonderful truth that his God was the living God. So God hears our prayers. He is alive. Our God is also a personal God. We find it in Scripture. when We read references like, Our Father, it's a frequently used reference to God. Our Father, He is this personal God. And He's concerned about your life. That's how He is. He's personal. Our God is a God of love. He is a loving being. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Our God is a loving God. And when we're really clear that we're coming to a God who is alive, that we're coming to a God in prayer who is personal, we're coming to a God who is a loving God, I tell you what, we're off to a pretty good start. That's the God we're coming before. And we heard it here during the worship. He's right there. He allows us to come in. Might have been holy that says it. He's, He's there for us as much as we want. We can come to Him. That is a beautiful thing. And He wants us to come to Him. And prayer between us and our beautiful God, our approachable God, is a place where we get to build our relationship with Him. It's so key that we commune with Him. It's key. We get to, and we all know, communication is important. We all know Connection is important in relationships. And we get to do this with our God to build a strong relationship. I love it when you meet someone and you just know that they spend a lot of time with God. And you see Jesus in them because of the time that they spend in their personal life with God. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we can approach him, commune with him to build this strong relationship with him. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all to call on him in truth. We call to him. He's there. He's waiting. This is a relationship. There's one relationship on planet Earth it's worth sowing into, connecting with. It is the one with the living God, and we get to do that, which is magnificent. The second point here this morning Prayer changes us. If you wanted to be a much better version of yourself, you've got to be a prayer. We need to pray. Pray is so important to our life being changed and moulded how he wants it to be. The biggest change to a human is through prayer and repentance when it occurs because it provides a way to, for us to become free from our sins and receive forgiveness for them. And this is a beautiful thing that occurs at the time of salvation, when a human soul comes before the living God and just says, I'm sorry, I repent. There is a beautiful thing that happens there in our lives. But we've got to be aware that this needs to be a consistent way of living life, is coming to the Father and repenting when we do wrong. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, this is how you should pray. He tells his disciples, You should forgive and forgive us for our trespasses. He's encouraging them, Hey, you've got to come to God. You've got to say sorry for your wrongs. The most common translation of repent is both to turn or return. We turn from evil, but we return to God. So there's this turning, but then there's also this returning. And true repentance leads us to say in our prayers, and me included, that we have sinned. But we need to then not just leave it at that, have that deepest of deepest desire to do the 180 and not remain in the sin but turn from it. Because that's the true essence of a repentant heart is that oh, I'm sorry, Lord, But also, that desire to not leave it at just I'm sorry and then return to it. But that true repentance, that 180 degrees change in our direction of sin, Lord. Oh, but my desire is that that's it, that I don't go back to that thing. Because it isn't asking for forgiveness with the intent to sin again, that's not it, that's not the true essence of it. It's an honest, regretful acknowledgement of sin with the commitment to change. If you look at the first word we read in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus says as he starts his ministry, says in Matthew four seventeen, from the time Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, the first word he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. And this is just something that we need to have, I think, How easy is it to come to God with all of our wants? Like, oh, I need a breakthrough here, and I need, without thinking, hold on, is there an element within this area that I need to also include in my regular prayer to God? To come to Him. We ask Him to forgive us. And I'm so included in this in my life with all the areas that I don't do well, and the areas of mistakes and the sins, I've just got to keep doing this. And I think one of the things we need to do is careful that we don't find ourselves in a place where we convince ourselves that a sin's okay, that we don't lean into a place in life that we think, oh, that's like, it's kind of like little sin and that's kind of okay to have in there. Because the Bible, it really is black and white, in a lot of areas, including this, and sin is sin. We need to try and live life walking away from sin, (laughs) staying clear of sin, but I think it's really important that we don't live a life where we kind of let minor things get in there, and they get in the way, and then after a while, we stop identifying them as a sin (laughs) or a wrong against God, and then they become a blind spot, and then they just hang in there. And that's up to us to really assess all the time before God and just see what is in there. Lord, create in me a clean heart, like the Psalms say, and then out of that, be really honest what is in there. It's a good question to ask God. On Sunday morning, on the 17th of April in 1859, Charles Spurgeon, great theologian and preacher, preached a message that he titled, Little Sins that included a subtitled t- title with a question mark, Is It Not a Little One? He warned his audience that the great father of lies has a multitude of ways to ruin one's soul, including making what may be classified as great sins seem little, and a category that one might say is a little sin to reduce it to almost nothing at all. He said in his preach... Many souls have been caught in this trap. They have ventured into sin where they thought the, st- the stream was shallow and fatally deceived by its depth. Some fairly wise words from a long time ago, but I just know we've got to just deal with all of them. And some of those common kind of ones that can just creep in there could be things like pride and bitterness and coveting and judgment and gossip we need to come before the father in prayer and just repent and maybe even today that God will do that to us there might just be something and it could be small but let's deal with all of them even some of those smaller things we just deal with them and what the great news is today is we come and repent we discover that we get changed that a cleansing occurs. As King David in Psalms 51 so beautifully wrote, after he expresses his repentance, and where he asks for forgiveness for his sins, he mentions that we're washed whiter than snow. Yeah, let's give God praise for that. We're washed whiter than snow as we come before him. And I love that term. I haven't been to the snow for decades, but the few times I've been there, snow is pretty white. To think that it gets whiter than that through this, so make sure we have it within our prayer life that we come before him, because to think the outcome of us being changed and washed whiter than snow is a beautiful thing. Ice baths seem to be on trend at the moment. And I salute every single human being that has put their bodies into an ice bath. They've got to be painful. I was down at one of our local uh, wharves uh, a few months ago, and I think it was one of the gyms had ice baths out. And I just came, and it was wintry and it was early-ish in the morning and I'm in my jacket and I'm probably even feeling a little bit cold in the clothes that I had on and I'm seeing these people jump in these ice bars and there were stopwatches on and there were cheers when people would break their, I think, some personal bests and I'm just like, this is wild. It's ice bars and they're popping up. I'm seeing it on social media. I'm seeing people getting, giving them for gifts and there's some people that are really into them. I salute you. Enjoy. I don't think I'm joining you. (laughs) When I go for a swim in winter and the water's cold, I last about 22 and a half seconds on average. I get in and I get out. But people will go to quite an extreme length to get the benefits out of this experience. Let's use our prayers to repent and ask for forgiveness and walk cleansed what a precious benefit is that for our lives another thing i think about these times of prayer that can be really powerful how we can use them in a good way is a big part of the journey of life is forgiving others and it's a big part and dr rob rayner who's been teaching the content for soul care that we've been doing through the life of the church Shares some powerful truths around forgiving that I just kind of sit there and I hear and I like my head nods in agreement. And he mentions freedom won't come without forgiving. Your freedom can't be there if you're unable to forgive. He talks about obeying God and he will change your heart. Truth. And this one, which I know personally, and when I heard him say this, I'm like, yep. Pray blessing on someone. And your heart will shift that is such a powerful thing and i don't think that would be for most of us in this room we're journeying through things where people have done wrong against us and it sits there and it's weighty it sits in a heart and it remains there until we forgive and let them go and there can be a hard journey to get to that place but i tell you i know the power of starting to pray blessing over them because your heart will start to change and you will find yourself in a day in the future being able to go, yes, I forgive and let go. I remember as a young man, someone who I thought was meant to be the closest person pretty much to me, went and did something that really, really hurt me. And I was so upset. As far as I was concerned, that relationship was over. Full stop, that was it. That was where I sat for a while. And then I had this young guy, It's only a year or two older than me, And he hadn't been in church that long. And he turned around and he says, Hartley, you know what you need to do? And I'm like, what? You know, you don't really want to have anyone tell you what to do. I know what I'm doing. It's over. But he just said this. He said, you need to start to pray a blessing over their lives. And I'm like, you what? (laughs) That was honestly my response in the natural was like, you serious? That's what he said. Anyway, I couldn't shake this thought. (laughs) I left the conversation, probably, you know, you know, feeling like, don't tell me what to do. You know, I've made the decision, but God used those words. And I started to put them, I just knew my heart of hearts. You know, sometimes your head's saying, don't tell me what to do, that's not right, but then your heart really does know, no, this is what I do need to do. And I just started on a slow journey to doing that, and it was really hard. And my first prayer for them, because it was kind of a couple involved, was like, Point three of a second, like it was so brief. I'm oh, probably resting on them, but as the days rolled on, it just got, it just got a little bit kinder, and the prayers got a little bit longer. And what he said worked. I can tell you, it worked. My heart changed, and it led me to a place where I could completely forgive, completely forgive. And to the glory of God, the guy that I was once saying, that is it, he is my best friend today. And I'm so grateful to God that I didn't lose a a relationship that is so precious to me and has been such a strength in my life for decades. I'm so grateful that through how God tells us to live, I was able to do it and I am reaping the fruit of it. I thank you, Lord, that you led me to that. I praise you. I praise you. Mark eleven twenty-five, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So as we come before God, of course, we're asked to forgive. This is a great way to moving forward. I was in the altar this week and it was a similar situation. I, something comes to my mind and it was like, I'm just praying the blessing there. <laughs> like, I just want to, it was like God speaking to me, like, I've got to, I've got to get this right. I've got to do this. I need to journey through this. And I just know the power of it. It works. Third point here this morning, we're we doing okay? Prayer changes the circumstances around us. There would not be one of us here today that doesn't have some form of situation that needs a breakthrough from God right now, a situation that maybe we can't alter in our own strength or by our own means, that it needs the miraculous power of God to move. St. John Christoph, uh, who lived in 349 to 407, he wrote this, prayer is the root, the fountain, the mother mother of a thousand blessings. The potency of prayer has subdued the strength of the fire. It has the the rage of lions, extinguished wars, appeased the elements, expelled demons, burst the chains of death, expanded the gates of heaven. It's rescued cities from destruction and arrest, arrested the progress of the thunderbolts. I read something like that and I thought, man, it makes a really big difference. Prayer for a long time has made a difference and there's stuff swirling around us that just needs God to move and how do we get God to come? And we we pray, we ask him to move. The story in Joshua 10 that we read about Joshua when he's moved over to take the promised lamb but he's got to win some battles to claim the lamb and he's in the middle of a battle And the battle's going well, yet he's got an issue before him, and that is he's going to run out of daylights before he completes the winning of the battle. So what does he do? Well, it says in Joshua 10, At that time Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still. At Gibeon and moon in the valley of Aijon. And the sun stood still. Huh? And the moon stopped. What? Until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. Imagine if today it's like this at 11 o'clock tonight, 1 a.m., we would be like, what is happening? But he called out to God, and this occurs. And They go on to win the battle. He could have been in the middle of that battle, and he could have maybe just thought, oh, I kind of, I kind of wish this day would go just a bit longer so we get this battle done. He could have wished it. He could have thought it, but no, he spoke it out. And we can speak things out. We go to our prayer place. We ask God to intervene. We ask God to move. We call out to him. We say, God, come. I need you. God, I need your breakthrough. We need a miracle here. And there would be situations we're all facing right now and will in the future. we just got to pray and lean in. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare And not of the flesh but had divine power to destroy strongholds. We've got to come. There's a lot of things happening out there and a lot of things are spiritual and we can't just attack them in the natural. We've got to go into prayer and attack them with that beautiful way that God has given us. The Message Version puts it this way, that verse. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't even for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. See, we are fighting against the enemy and he's got a way and he does not fight fair and he wants to tear down and destroy and bring death to places that was light. We can't sit back. We've got to press in and we need to use these tools of our trade. We need to use the weapons of our warfare and come against to see victories and things to fall the God way, not the enemy's way. We come against them. Yes, we use our powerful God, tools for smashing, warp philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Praise be to God. I could drop the mic right now. Praise be to God. It's there for us to use and we've got to use them. You know, and I've in my family, I'm one of six kids and man, there's been, some, there's been some pretty mighty, mighty massive situations around my family life in recent decades. And I tell you, I've, I've had to go to this war room sometimes. I've had to stand in the gap for some family members. I think if you've seen me drive sometimes in the car and some of these peak moments, you would see me just going for it, warfaring in prayer calling out to my God in prayer for him to move because some of these situations I had nothing to do but to turn to God and pray. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. But I did know I could go and pray. And sometimes it's just what we have to do. And there's challenges coming at us, health issues, problems, issues, obstacles, letdowns, mistakes. Let's go to God. We bring them to God. And one of the things I love is the combination of worship and prayer. That combination, I love it. I would say most days I listen to worship music, probably I would I would honestly estimate on average a couple of hours. Just I've just got it on heaps all the time. And what I love about it, it constantly, I hear these lyrics, I'm worshipping one moment, I'm praying the next. Like we sang it today. I didn't even know what songs were on the list today, but I wrote it down, you know. I speak Jesus, I turn those lyrics into powerful prayers over my situations, it's just so powerful and then we're singing it today and I'm like, yeah, and then I went, during worship, I thought, yeah, that line, your name has power, it has healing, it has life and I'm like, just gets me going, it's such a strong combination to include in your life, to put on worship music, to be a worshipper and utilise it, you worship, you pray, you worship, you pray, because we pray in the name of Jesus. And I just love the lyrics of so many songs that help me to get there. But we pray because it changes the circumstances around us. And the fourth and final point here today, we pray because it expands his kingdom. There's so much work to be done. There's a message to spread. There are lives to be changed There is a mandate for us all to be involved in, in seeing the gospel message of Jesus Christ spread. If you're a follower of Jesus, there is a mantle on your life to spread this good news. And I know we will all do it in different ways and manners, and that is beautiful, and that's how God has it designed. We're all parts, different parts of the body. and We've all got different ways, but I tell you what, we've all got to do it We've got to get this word out, but the one area we can all do is to be prayers within to it, preparing the way for his kingdom. After Paul, in Ephesians 6, lists out that the armour of God that he encourages to wear, he goes on to saying, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplications. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance." Making supplication for all the saints and also for me. He's saying, Pray for me, that the words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Here he is. He's pray, pray at all times, pray in the Spirit. I love praying in the Spirit. We've got to keep doing it. We're encouraged to do it. Persevere in your prayers. To persevere, doing something despite difficulties or delay in achieving results. There's sometimes a delay. We all know that. But we persevere and we need to. And as I was preparing this message, I think God was personally reminding me to persevere over some of the people that I've prayed with for their salvation. And some of them, we are decades and decades and decades, and they're still not prayed, but I feel the Lord saying, don't stop. Keep praying. Keep standing in the gap. See, calling out to me for their salvation. Because for some of us, we have loved ones and family members and neighbours and friends, and we're into the decades and decades and decades of praying, and the results are not there yet. But let's persevere. Let's pray them into the kingdom of God, because it really is does matter. Eternity is a long time. We need to keep praying, praying, praying. We persevere. We keep going. Let's keep praying. Let's be those who just puts up a hand and say, yeah, use me, God. Final scripture for this morning, 1 Timothy 2. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people for kings and for all who are high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of god our savior who desires all people all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of him we stand in the gap we pray we're in church on Tuesday night, you're always welcome to come to the altar in the school term at six o'clock, we just have a time where we come and we seek him and we worship and spread it around the auditorium, we pray and during Tuesday night, this one just got gone, gone, I I, I just, God gave me a vision and it was, it was one of a temple with water coming out of a temple and it was trying to make its way into some dry riverbeds, these riverbeds weren't very wide, they're just like Lots of little ones. But what I saw in this vision was the enemy running around and putting in like almost like sheet metal that was just blocking any of the water flowing out of the temple into these riverbeds. And I saw them running around like really quickly trying to cover because I got this beautiful sense, kind of like we read in Ezekiel, that it was like living waters coming out of the temple and I got this sense as we were praying, and we'll continue to pray that the water's going to just keep flowing, and the enemy's not going to be able to stop them getting in. That's what I was seeing is just it was just too much. And they were making their way into all the dry riverbeds, and I just felt God wants to do something so mighty, magnificent, and there is someone out there trying to stop His plans and His purposes. But through our prayers, we're going to get through. Lives are going to be touched. People are going to be changed. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, expanded through people that will stand in the gap. As Roger mentioned, we are hosted a whole lot of C3 pastors and leaders here this week. Um, They were from a region from kind of Port Macquarie out to Tamworth and all the way down this kind of central coast and back up to Port. And there's this beautiful couple, and I've known them for many years, and they're about to plant a church in that Erina region of the Central Coast. And uh, we were hearing a little bit about that. And as I'm sitting in my chair, the thing that stood out to me was when he got up here on the mic and he said, It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen. What the enemy has stolen one of the ways they know they're going to do it is they're going to kind of launch their church with 21 days of prayer and fasting. How cool is that? And I'm hearing that saying, yeah, that's cool. Because like 24 hours before that, I messaged Nat and said, let's do, yeah, let's do some more prayer and fasting in the life of the church. He's doing 21 days. We're just going to do a seven day one. I think it's a good place to uh, just zone in on. But uh, we're going to do that. So we're going to launch that up on the screen next Monday and I just encourage you, this is a good chance in life good chance in that week just to, to lean in and just ramp up our prayer, combine it with some fasting, put some things aside and press in we'll open the church on the Monday, Wednesday Friday, we often do that in a time of prayer and fasting for you to come, we can pray together but do it your way but I would encourage you to put it into the diary and say yeah I don't know. Sometimes this helps because, like, yeah, I haven't actually maybe done a fast for a while and I can do it as the body. We can do it together. Because we do want to see that the mid-North Coast would know Jesus. And He wants to achieve that through us. And there's many times, we're not perfect. But I'll tell you what, if we would just focus on that and pray into that, He will use us. He will use us. He wants to use us to achieve what matters so greatly to him so as i recap prayer builds our relationships with god prayer changes us prayer changes the circumstances around us and prayer will expand his kingdom for the glory of god father god help us lord